Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello, my precious listeners. I hope you're enjoying spooky season. I know I am. We've had quite the collection of tales so far. But as we get closer and closer to Halloween, we're going to hear more of my favorites. When it comes to Halloween, I love haunted houses. And so this week's story is all about a house. These kids visit the local haunted house for Halloween. It's not a question about what they might find there. It's more a question about what finds them. I've been dying to go to the haunted house. It opened three weeks before Halloween. Three weeks of me hearing about it on the radio, seeing ads everywhere, and hearing everyone at school talk about how it's the best one they've ever been to. But I couldn't go. I had work. I had homework. I didn't have a ride. Until one night, the night before Halloween, my best friend Jacob called me and told me he'd gotten us tickets. Him and me and a couple of our friends. But I had to be ready in an hour. I texted my mom to tell her I was going. And then I found last year's Wolfman costume and threw it on. It was too small and it smelled like a sweaty rug. But it was all I had. Jacob picked me up in his mom's old Saturn wagon with Bill and Jason already in the back seat, drinking fireball from a bottle they passed around. Jacob waved it off as I dropped into the front seat. He hated drunk drivers. I took a swig instead, letting that sweet burn warm me all the way down to my wolfman toes, already sweating in the unseasonable heat. The haunted house was outside our town, out past the dirt and the corn, out where houses were far apart and the light and the noise of the haunted house wouldn't bother any neighbors. We drove up and parked in the field of cars, a bored carny waving us into the parking spot with his light-up wand that wasn't as bright as the cigarette hanging from his mouth. 
Bill and Jason were drunkenly joking around, but I only cared about the haunted house. Jacob threw his arm loosely over my shoulders, and I didn't even shrug him off like normal. The haunted house was big and tacky and everything I ever wanted. Smoke billowed around it. Green and orange lights flickered, showing demented jack-o'-lanterns and skeletons and a crop of bones growing in the dirt around the house. We had to wait in line, fanning ourselves with our tickets as couples and groups came out screaming and laughing, sweating, and in one case, crying. I itched in my wolfman suit and drank the last of the fireball when Jason passed me the bottle. And then, just like that, we were in. In with the axe murderers and the witches with knives and the zombies looking for brains. We were chased by a wolf man who was much bigger than me into a room full of spiders and a shrieking banshee. A woman in white trailed us, dragging a small child by the hand while a shrieking cat led us out of the room of spiders and into a hall of mirrors where our reflections were dead and decaying and hags were feasting on our flesh. I don't know how they did that one. And then we somehow got separated. I fell down a black hole but somehow didn't get hurt when I landed. Rats ran along this new hallway, a hallway surrounded by jail cells and leering madmen, and I didn't like this at all, so I ran down the hall, careful not to step on any rats, and then a cell door opened and one of the madmen ran after me, knife out, and I swear it was a real knife. The sound of a chainsaw followed me, and I turned to see a man in a mask, a real chainsaw gripped in his hands. And he chased me through room after room, a murder basement with a table covered in blood, plastic sheets parting to let me into a room with a drowned woman in a bathtub, a drowned woman whose dead eyes turned to look at me as I ran past, trying not to slip on the wet tiles while I got closer and closer. He was breathing down my neck and I almost wet myself as I ran through cobwebs and disembodied hands reaching for me, holding me until the chainsaw was right by my ear and I didn't know what would go first, my ear or my hearing or both. I broke free, hunks of my wolfman hair still in their hands and the displaced air from the chainsaw tickling my ear and the stink from the motor in my nose. Hot blood trickled down my neck as I ran and finally broke out of the house Screams trailing behind me, just as Jacob and Bill and Jason ran out as well. 
It looked like we all ran out of the same door, but that's not possible. There's no way. We were all wild-eyed and breathing hard, and no one said anything. We just stood there for a minute before we walked, shaking away from the house. We'd been inside for an hour. I don't know how. It had been entirely too real. I loved it. We piled into the car, the guys finally relaxing enough to talk about how crazy it had been. We hadn't even all seen the same things. Jason had a bite mark on his neck. We were all marked in some way. We started driving back towards town. It was even darker outside now, now that it was almost midnight. The moon was hidden behind clouds, and out here in the country, there were no streetlights, only our headlights, piercing the fog that came when the air started to cool, but the earth was still warm. And then the car died. It didn't sputter. It didn't stall. It just died halfway between nowhere and town. We looked at each other and then we all pulled out our phones. And of course, we were out here between cell towers. The signal was faint. None of us could get a call out. We stood around the car. Jason popped the hood, but we didn't know what to look for. We didn't know what to do. And then, about a hundred feet down the road, we saw a glow. A lone pumpkin with a candle in its mouth lit a driveway, bounded by an ancient and flimsy two-board fence. We all looked at each other and then without a word, walked to the grinning jack-o'-lantern and started heading down the long, dirt driveway. It went on and on and on, deep into the darkness, broken every hundred feet by another grinning pumpkin. The pumpkins got angrier and more sinister as we went, with slitted eyes and sharp fangs and far too many of both of them. Our feet hurt and our legs were tired when we finally got there, to a small brown house with white trim and, oddly, a statue of a black cat on the porch. There were colorful lights in the windows and around the trim, looking almost like Christmas lights, but bigger and somehow glistening. I must have been hungry because everything started to look like food. We knocked on the door it smelled like ginger and cinnamon, and the wood was soft under my fist. 
None of us were surprised to see a tiny old lady open the door. She was shrunken and wrinkled and gray, hair in a bun and glasses perched on her nose. I wondered where her costume was. Trick or treat, she said, and then cackled merrily. <laughs> what did you bring me, children? We looked at each other, baffled. I don't think... I started to say, but Jacob interrupted me. Our car broke down, ma'am. Sorry to bother you, but can we use your phone? She eyed us over her glasses and then opened the door wide and waved us in. You boys aren't planning on killing me, are you? No, ma'am, I said. Shocked. We just want to get home. Of course, my dear, she said. Everyone just wants home. She sat us down at a table and handed us steaming mugs of cider that she ladled out of a simmering orange pot on her stove. It was a very old-fashioned stove with iron legs and a single flame in the burner, which was weird because it was a giant pot-bellied stove. The cider was spicy and so sweet. It went down really smooth after all the fireball from earlier. The cider made us even thirstier and we drank mug after mug and I was still so thirsty. I wished she would just give us water, but I didn't want to ask. Can we use your phone? Jacob asked after a while. My eyes were heavy. Don't worry, dearies, she said, bustling around the kitchen. I already called someone about your car. My head nodded and Jason and Bill were having trouble keeping their eyes open. She brought out plates of cookies. They were decorated for Halloween, but when I bit into one, it tasted like gingerbread. It tasted like the cider. It was so sweet, but we all kept eating them, like we couldn't help ourselves, until all the cookies were gone. The old woman put more logs in the stove. The kitchen was warm and I was sweating in my costume again, which smelled even more like old wet rug. My ear started bleeding again. Jacob fell asleep first. His head dropped on the table. I tried to say something, but I couldn't make my mouth move. I love children, the old woman whispered, poking the logs and getting the fire even hotter. So sweet you will all be. Jason and Bill were out now, eyes closed, mouths open. The old woman saw me still awake and she winked at me. 
She stood up straight and I don't know why I'd thought she was so small and frail because she filled half the kitchen. She picked up Jason first and set him in the oven. I tried to scream but I couldn't, I couldn't move my mouth, I couldn't make a sound. She tousled my hair and swiped the wet blood from my ear and licked her finger. So sweet, she said, and stuffed Bill and Jason in the oven next. Maybe I could keep you a little longer, my sweet, she whispered in my ear, her breath hot and meaty, and I felt a brief flicker of hope. But I have such a sweet tooth, she laughed. <laughs> until she roared, filling the kitchen with noise, until it sounded like a chainsaw in my ear, and she dragged me into the oven too, silently screaming while my skin split and my fat crackled, and the fire roasted my flesh for the witch in her gingerbread house to devour her.